0: Hey everyone, today's guest is the down-to-earth Academy Award winner Matthew McConaughey. Matthew was an excellent co-host and we spoke with a listener wondering whether she should reach out to her high school crush after a fateful turn of events prevented them from going to prom five years earlier. It kind of sounded like the beginning of a romantic comedy and I can't wait to find out what happens. Later in the episode, Matthew tells me the advice he would give to his younger self how to make a relationship work, where he goes to get away, and more. I have so much respect for Matthew, and it was an absolute pleasure getting to know him. As always, thank you for listening to our podcast. If you're in need of unqualified relationship advice, we would love to hear from you. Just look for the link in our show notes. Here's Matthew McConaughey.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, you are
2: listening to Unqualified. With your host, Anna Ferris.
0: Oh man, I can't thank you enough for doing
1: this. You're welcome. Good to be here, Anna.
0: It's so great having you. So I heard about your Give Back program a while ago, and I was just so impressed. Will you tell our listeners about it?
1: Yeah. So I've been working with Wild Turkey for quite a few years. In the last five years, we came up with this campaign of, hey, let's give thanks and shine a light on some people like local heroes who wouldn't have a spotlight on them. And this year, we found some people who have helped keep live music going on in their communities by creating virtual events to keep the fans coming or this one girl in New Orleans was the first DJ who said, okay, vaccine mandates to come to the shows. Anyway, they just stuck to their guns. They love music. They didn't want it to die while they saw so many different, you know, local musicians and small businesses basically going belly up. These were some people that just said, no, we're going to help keep the music going. We're going to put on free concerts. We're going to keep taking the stage, share our music. And that's us saying, hey, Thank you to them. And we've gone in and given $10,000 to each one of them to give to their local charity that has to do with keeping music going. And it's just a cool, fun one to do, you know.
0: I just love that you're doing this. So this year was homegrown artists, but each year you focused on different groups. Can you tell us how the program got started? And this is your fifth year?
1: Yeah, we've done. I mean, before other years, it was firefighters. It's been frontliners. It all started with a turkey giveaway we did in Lawrenceburg, Kentucky, where the Russell family makes wild turkey. And we went around to houses of all their employees and gave them a turkey for Thanksgiving. And that turned out to be a big hit because a lot of them were like needed a turkey or weren't gonna get a turkey. And so we were like, oh, you know what? We actually enjoyed doing this more than going and making a commercial and spending a bunch of money to make an ad. Let's do this. And you could feel it. I took my kids with me. It was good.
0: I love that. What a great experience for them. And what a cool program. I am, I'm so excited to have you here. I'm just going to keep thanking you for being on the podcast. You
1: are welcome. My pleasure.
0: So now we are going to talk with one of our listeners who wrote in asking for some advice. Okay. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online.
3: Hey, Kristen. Hi, how are you guys? Good. Nervous? How are you, Kristen? Seriously, you both, Anna and Matthew, are such inspirations to me. I can't really even put it into words. So I'm just, you know, at a loss for words right now. So thank you guys for taking the time to talk to me. Seriously, it means so much. Awesome. Thank you for writing a letter to us. Will you tell us what's going on? Yeah, so I graduated high school five years ago. So, little backstory of senior year. I was really close friends with this one guy. We're gonna call him John. We had a ton of classes together. He was really, really nice. It just never led to anything more, which was fine up until that point. I never had a boyfriend, so I wasn't really like thinking about that at the time. Looking back, like to the end of senior year, we had senior prom. You know, all the big prom proposals and all that. I got asked to prom by another friend and accepted because you know we were also close. And then later that day, I actually found out that John had also planned to ask me to prom and the other guy just beat him to it. But we didn't discuss it or anything because technically I wasn't supposed to know that he was going to ask me. So, you know, fast forward a little bit, go to prom with the other guy, ended up dating him for a little bit. I was still close with John, but not as much. We ended up graduating high school. I broke up with the other guy after a few months, right before college started. And then throughout college, I kept thinking about John and just, you know, the friendship that we had. And I don't know what it is. I just kept thinking about reaching out to him. And obviously, even up till now, five years later, you know, graduated college last year in 2020. And I live back at home. So I'm like, should I reach out to him? Or is this just something that's, you know, in the past and just leave it in the past?
0: Kristen, did you have a boyfriend in college, too? No,
3: I didn't. It was just that one guy that I dated for a few months.
0: Matthew, were you in a position in your life, I guess, like at this age, were you crushed on somebody that you lost touch with?
1: Yeah, I've had those. I mean, look, generally here, Kristen, my opinion of your question is yes. (laughs) Yes, reach out. You might reach out. And he may be happily married with three kids and off the menu. At least you're going to know. Yeah. If you don't reach out, you're going to keep wondering. And another year's going to go by. Another five years are going to go by. And you're going to, what was John possibly? One? At least you'll know. Even if it's not the news you want. Knowing, even if it's bad news, is better than wondering. <laughs> Being yeah. in limbo the whole time, you know? Yeah. And who knows if it's not something to go to the next step and become romantic. It sounds like you still got an old friend yeah. that you care about. And it's worth doggone getting back in touch with.
3: Yeah, exactly. I guess it's that like, what if that has always been in the back of my mind that I'm like, okay, should I just reach out? We follow each other on some social media. And just like sliding into the DMs, as they call it. I'm like, do I just do it? Or, you know, yeah, like, what's the worst that's going to happen? But at the same time, I'm like, you know, with COVID and everything, graduating college, I moved back home, it's harder to make like new connections. So I don't want to like rely on my past relationships instead of just moving on, if that makes sense.
0: I don't think it has to be one or the other. You can still make the effort to, you know, meet new people and at the same time reach out to John. And I completely agree with Matthew. You really don't have anything to lose, you know? Maybe he's married, maybe not. But if you don't know, he'll occupy some space in your head that maybe you could fill with someone else. How long has it been since
3: you talked with him? Did you
0: did you guys talk at all during college?
3: There was a few times like freshman year, but since then, not really, no. Can I
0: ask, was there a reason you stayed single during college? I'm sorry, that's kind of an awkward question.
3: <laughs> no, that's okay. Um, I guess, I don't know. It just wasn't really a situation that presented itself, I guess. I stayed really close friends with people that I already was friends with. I didn't really extend my circle that largely, if that makes sense. So, you know, finding those new relationships wasn't as easy during college.
0: Yeah, sometimes it takes a lot of effort. There have been times of loneliness in my life when I kind of romanticized crushes I've had. Like some guy in high school or third grade. And I wondered, like, what might have been? But looking back, of course, I didn't know them that well, if at all, even if we actually dated. So I do think we tend just in general to romanticize, especially if a significant amount of time has passed. Yeah. So you've looked at his social media and there aren't any clues that he might be in a relationship
3: yeah I don't think so um he doesn't post that often but when he adds it's like nothing with a girl or anything but I think you're right with the whole like romanticizing part of it where I want to be realistic with myself where it's like that what if like you want to just expect something great to happen so yeah I don't know that's where I'm like just at a loss and again like I just want to like make new connections as well
1: I mean, look, reaching out, the risk is what? Finding out that he's maybe not available or not the guy that you were thinking of. Then you again you're going to know. Just yeah. reaching back to your past to somebody doesn't mean you're excluding Meeting somebody new in the future. Mm-hmm. You're not signing a contract by reaching out to him. Mm-hmm. Even at the base of this, it sounds like at the very least, you got somebody you give a damn about. You got somebody you care about that you lost track with a little bit. And damn it, if you could go back, wish he would have asked you the prom before the other guy did. You know, <laughs> <laughs> you know? so hey, I know. That's worth a giggle and a laugh to reminisce on no matter what happens. And I would say just try not to worry about the result. You're not locking into anything. You're not locking into him by reaching out to him. You're not locking into only meeting somebody new if you don't call him back.
0: And Kristen, you get to say Matthew McConaughey told me to reach out to you.
3: <laughs> I already thought about that. Like, okay, um, Matthew McConaughey and Anna Ferris gave me this advice.
1: <laughs> See, now you got a great so, excuse.
3: <laughs>
0: <yeah>. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So have you thought about how you might reach out? is he active enough on social media that you would get a response or maybe do you still have any friends in common
3: yeah i mean i know he's active on some cuz like say if i post a picture on instagram like he'll like it so i know he's seeing it but it's that whole like he's not reaching out either like i don't know
0: it's good that he likes your posts isn't it i'm i'm not really great with social media maybe his liking your photos is a reach out in a way But I wonder if—I know that some women hesitate with making the first move and have kind of internalized that the guy should be the proactive person.
1: Mm -hmm. Well, look, that's a personal choice now more than ever, regardless of sex. You know, there's still certain traditions that people rely on, that, you know, for right now. The guy's still the one who bends the knee and says, "Will you marry me. But that's way down the road. Let's go back here to the simple, Just simplify this. You got somebody you to give a damn about. You got somebody you care about. You lost track of them. Whatever void that is, go find out. And don't put the pressure on it having to be the thing. At least you were friends and you'd like to maybe rekindle that or just catch up. Just take that adventure. And your hardest part, like going to, going, what's the hardest part about going to work out? Anna, putting our damn shoes on, right? Yeah. <laughs> Once we're in it, we're do- the hardest part is you, when you line up to go, I'm going to DM him right now and say, hey, been thinking about you. Love to reconnect. That's going to be your hardest part, pressing sin. But th- there's no harm in it.
0: Kristen, you are talking to two people who kind of built our careers on, we're used to rejection,
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know? but I think that's a really healthy thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, do you think his feelings were hurt at all about the prom situation? And he just got the impression that you didn't like him at all?
3: I don't think it was like as deep as that. I just think at that point, I was like, we weren't going to be anything more than friends, which, you know, at the time was fine. And yeah, I mean, Matthew you're right. It is just like a friendship that I would like just see how someone's doing so it is as simple as just reaching out and saying like how are you doing especially like we went to different colleges so we had those own experiences and yeah with COVID and everything I just maybe I'm worried like I'll get the wrong impression that I'm just bored like I think that's a thing that a lot of people deal with is just reaching out to people because they're bored or they're looking for something
1: to do but maybe you are bored and looking for something to do what's wrong with that <laughs> that's true I'm just bored <laughs> looking for something to do. He ought to be damn glad that you're choosing to reach out to him when you're bored and you're looking for something to do. Yeah. Everyone goes through that.
0: Really imagine that he's going to be looking for a motive or reason behind your call. He'll probably be happy to hear from you no matter what. I think it would be kind of nice to find out that the person you liked in high school liked you back. There's a bittersweetness to it. And like Matthew said, maybe you'll come away with a new old friend.
1: Again, you're Mm -hmm. not saying, John, I haven't talked to you in six years. Will you marry me? You're not saying that. You're just saying, I want to reach out. How are you doing? And you know, I don't know about you, Anna, but lasting relationships that are worth anything start, even if two people become lovers. It's pretty damn nice to have them as your friend first. Someone you can Mm -hmm. trust and like to hang out with, you know? Matthew, did
0: you go to prom?
1: Oh, yes. I went to prom. Yeah,
0: will you tell (laughs) us about it?
1: I got a funny story about prom. I went to prom, 1988. Remember, that's when paisleys were in, okay? I had a purple paisley Oh, my God! And I, let's check this out. I was given the sash the award of winning most handsome (laughs) for my senior (laughs) class, okay? (laughs) Now, the funny story behind that is when I was... 15, I got really bad acne by this product that my mom was peddling called oil of mink. It blocked my pores. I mean, I looked like the elephant man. All right. So much so that my dad was like, we're going to sue that company And this lawyer. So we can make $35,000 off that. I mean, look at you, son. I had to get on Accutane. I had a limp from my dry knee joints and dandruff and all this stuff. And I lost all confidence. I wasn't doing any good with the girls. Nothing. Everything was gone. So we're going to win this $35,000 in this lawsuit. Well, the Accutane worked. And the acne went away. And as lawsuits go, it was two years, three years later that I get called back in for the deposition after I'm a senior and after I've won this most handsome.
2: So oh I'm in God. there
1: now with the defense attorney. And he starts going, my gosh, look at these pictures of Matthew back when you had acne. This must have been so hard on you. I was like, yes, sir, it was. Yes, Sir, it was. He goes, where are you? Did you? Did you lose confidence? Comp- oh, sir, I lost all kind of confidence. You know, I'm sitting there going, this guy's just playing into my hand. And all of a sudden, he reaches on the table and pulls <gasps> up the yearbook, opens it to that page, no. points at the picture with me. Mia's most handsome. He goes, yeah, it's been real tough, hasn't it? And oh. I knew right then we lost the case.
0: <laughs> oh, my God. That is crazy. <laughs> and what a transformation for you, though, to, like, have sort of that true late bloomer sort of experience it probably is one of the reasons why you're such a great actor too because you have felt (laughs) all sides of the coin
1: i'm sure it helped yeah yeah um yeah i mean but i did go to prom and how was it prom was it was good i mean i went with someone that we were not dating we were good friends we liked each other. I think we may have maybe kissed one night, but never, never, never never became any more than that. But she was a good friend and um, it was a good night. You know what? You bring it up. It reminds me of these. Re- have you been back to a reunion yet? A high school reunion? Yes. How was it?
0: Well, it was a solid like B minus of a night. Okay. The nicest thing about the evening was I-, I wasn't popular in high school and I didn't keep in touch with anybody. I sort of went out of an obligation to my brother in a weird way. But what was nice was that people remembered me as being really quiet and shy. And then they were kind of surprised that I ended up in Hollywood. And that was a relief to me that because that's how I remembered my experience. It was nice to have those ideas match up their perception of me and my own memory of my behavior. Did you go to your reunions, Matthew?
1: I have not made it yet. And coming up on, what would it be, eighty-eight, ninety-eight, oh, eight, eighteen, yeah, 31. I missed the 25th, and I missed the 30th. But I'm now working up the courage to say I'm going to do it, and I'm going to do it soon.
0: It'll be interesting to see how, like, people remember you. The awkward thing, I think, is actually having to look down when you're speaking closely to somebody at their name tag. Right,
1: right, 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 right. <laughs> uh, like, uh, Kevin, yeah, hey, Kevin, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. So, what you're doing, Christian? You're calling a reunion, a six-year reunion, whatever that is. Have yeah, fun it's today. funny,
3: um, Anna, that you bring that up because I was just out the other night with some friends from high school, and you know, this would be our five-year reunion technically around this time, and they're like, "You should totally plan it," and I'm like, "Um, mm. <laughs> like that's a lot to plan and organize, but maybe that's what I should do. I don't know."
1: Or if somebody else plans it, maybe you call John and go, hey, we didn't, we didn't get to make prom together. We want to go to a five-year reunion together?
0: Yeah. Want to help me plan it? But I do think this is kind of exciting. You really don't know what will happen. Maybe he's sitting there looking at your Instagram saying, I should have made my move sooner. And like Matthew said, what's the worst that can happen? I see more possibility for positive outcomes than negative ones. At worst, nothing will come of it, friendship or otherwise. And, uh, you know, of course, that would be disappointing.
1: And yeah. And that's his loss. I mean, whatever. This wondering, though, what if, it's going to bug you. It's going to come yeah. in your mind every night on your pillow, which it already has to some extent. Find out. Have the courage to go find out.
3: Yeah.
0: Totally. Exactly. It could be like a meat cute, you know? <laughs> Matthew right. knows yeah. a thing or two about a meat cute.
1: What's a meat cute? <laughs>
0: You know, what is like the moment in a romantic movie where the two, I think you've been a part of a few of them.
1: Wait, what, what is I didn't, I didn't know the name of it. What was what, yeah, it?
0: Yeah. Meet cute. Yeah. It's like the scene in the movie where the two leads like bump into each oh, other. Like, you right. know.
1: Oh, oh, yeah. Okay. Yes. I've been a part of quite a few meet cute. Yes. Yes, you um, have. Yeah. I was
3: going to say, I could list them off if you want me to.
1: <laughs> now I well, know what I was doing. Now I know at least what I was doing, what it's called. <laughs>
0: Kristen, I think this is a really good time for you because we have had this intense time of like reflection. And now I think as the train is slowly leaving the station, perhaps as we maybe get out of this, I don't know. I think we are futurizing a lot and putting a lot of pressure in some cases to like kind of make some big decisions in our life. But like Matthew said, there's no harm in it. And he may not be all that you've remembered. It will be interesting for you guys to see how you've grown and what you didn't know about each other, you know?
3: Yeah, definitely. I mean, graduating from high school up till now, we've obviously both been through a lot. So at least there would be a lot to talk about and catch up on. Totally. Thank you both so much again. I can't express how big of a fan I am of both of yours. So thank you guys so so much.
1: Come back and tell Anna a story about how that first coffee was, or first tea, or first walk, or whatever, or first drink, whatever it was. Y'all did.
3: Yeah. Yes, I will. Seriously. So. Thanks, Kristen, so much. Thank you guys so so much. Thank you. It's so nice meeting you.
1: Nice to meet you.
0: Matthew, you're awesome. You were just wonderful.
1: Oh, that was fun, huh?
0: Yeah. You know, I've really loved building this podcast on that goal of just talking to strangers and attempting to hear them and let them know that they're not alone. Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah, yeah. You know, swapping a story with someone that lets them know. You've been there, too, in some form or fashion is always somewhat cooler than saying, here's what you should do. You know what I mean? But just to go, oh, I've been there, too. Or, oh, that's not. It lets us know, oh, I'm not the only one with this problem I got right now. It's a human condition. Oh, thank goodness. Okay,
0: (laughs) That's exactly it. My intention was to build some sort of community or safe haven where people could be vulnerable which isn't easy for me, but our listeners have a lot of empathy and I've really learned a lot doing this. Matthew, um, can I ask you a few questions? What talent or ability would you most like to have that you don't right now? Play guitar. I love that. When or where are you happiest or most content?
1: It's not necessarily a physical place. When I think on earth, daily life, when I'm with my family and we're over dinner and everyone's telling a story or someone, one of the kids is performing a story and we're all laughing, and getting on and making fun of somebody in the family that did something and they're laughing harder than we are at them. That's one of my favorite times. I also really enjoy my time away writing when I go away on my own. I really, I really enjoy that. And it's hard sometimes because I don't like the company sometimes, me but I get past that at a certain point. And all of a sudden I'm like, oh, all right, buddy, well, you're the one dude I can't get rid of, so we better figure this out. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And I like that constructive time. It gives me it gives me time to get things in order because, you know, as creatives we make associations and see art and inspiration all over the place. And it can be it can be overwhelming and not everything. Not every self-expression is art. So to go away and give myself time to go, wait a minute, let's cut the fat off the bone here. What's really worth following through on and what's just was an inspiration we need to let go. I really, I really, I really enjoy that time.
0: When you go away, are you drawn to like the desert, mountains, ocean?
1: I'm a desert man. Love, love, love the desert. It's so clean. It's like in high definition and it doesn't trespass. It's wild. And it comes alive at night more than it does in the day, but it doesn't trespass. I love an open horizon of a desert more so than an open horizon of, say, an ocean. It's comforting to me.
0: That's interesting that you use that word trespass. Will you tell me sort of so I can put it into a juxtaposition of like what environment does trespass? Well,
1: so like I also enjoy the jungle. The jungle trespasses. The jungle is like with every step. You've got a new root, a new thorn, a new bug, a new mosquito, a new something that you're dealing with. The Mother Nature's coming in to your abode. The desert, it's clean. Everything's low. It's dry. Mother Nature's not trespassing. There is no humidity. Mm-hmm. So as much as I love the jungle, which I've spent quite a bit of time in different jungles, but there's something about the desert that helps me singularly focus on what's in front of me without feeling like anything's coming in or even stimulus coming in. Desert go away where there's no, where there's no cell reception. Oh, that's Mm -hmm. super relaxing. A hell of a lot more. It's so much more relaxing to go away where you don't have cell service than to go to a place where you do have cell service and say, oh, but I'm not going to check my messages. That's a lot harder.
0: (laughs) Oh, man, that sounds so good. I want no cell service.
1: So to go to a place where you don't have the option becomes frustrating first, but then it gets relaxing.
0: I love that. We keep taking road trips to the Pacific Northwest where it is. Definitely not.
2: Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. That's stamps.com. Code program.
0: Dry. Um, so what advice would you give your younger self?
2: You took a
1: lot of risk, buddy. I wish you had taken more. Really? Yeah. I've been learning as I'm getting older. We're just tapping in on our best days into our 11th percent of our mind. These ceilings of, of restraints that we put over ourselves and our abilities, what we think is possible with ourselves, with our families, with loved ones, with relationships, with the world, they're self-imposed ceilings that we put on. And I almost think that we as humans are arrogant to put these restraints on us, these roofs over our head of, well, no, that's, that, that's about as, as, far as I can go, it's getting, I'm getting a little uncomfortable now and the things are, I'm really succeeding. Even if we're dealing with success, you know, and something's going well in a relationship, you get to start go, oh, geez, is this going too good? just too good to be true? Or work's going well and you're like, oh my gosh, I, I'm in the flow we kind of get nervous. We think we're near the goal line or something. And I think it's a self-imposed idea that we put on ourselves. and we shouldn't. We actually don't have the right to get nervous about that because we're not even close to as rich and as far, and when I say rich, in relationships as we can get. We're not even close. So yeah, roofless. You know the story of Icarus? flying too close to the sun with his dad and he says, son, don't fly so high. The sun's going to melt your wings and boy goes and the sun melts his wings and he falls to the sea. I think a lot of us, and I know I do, suffer from the opposite. We get up there and start thinking, oh my gosh, I'm getting too close to the sun. This relationship's going too well. I'm thinking maybe too clearly. I'm getting nervous. I'm going to back off. No, it's still 40 degrees. It ain't, it's still chilly outside. Your wings ain't even close to getting melted. Who the hell do you think you are for thinking they are?
0: So... We're uncomfortable with those successes and pull back. We're conditioned to limit ourselves.
1: Yeah. Conditioned to go, that's enough. If it gets any better, you're trespassing. No, you're not trespassing. You're not even close. We got so much more, you know. At the same time, when I say so much more, I don't mean higher heights. I also mean more ability to grow our roots wider and deeper, the ones we have loved ones in our lives, we can, how much we can enrich those relationships so much more than we even give ourselves credit for being able to do our relationship with ourselves.
0: Would you consider yourself a romantic, do you think?
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, not in the typical sense. I'm not a fan of Valentine's Day. I don't like the pressure that that day on a calendar put on it to tell me, oh, today's the day where you must profess your love. And if I'm watching TV, you're telling me I got to buy a diamond ring from Kay's Jewelry. If the, no, no, I'm not purchasing that crap. <laughs> you know what I mean? We <laughs> telling me I know what you're doing. This is retail therapy. I don't, you know what I mean? Yep. Those ads crack me up. You seen those ads? Like the girl's like not happy with him, and then all of a sudden he pulls out the jewelry box on she's like, oh, Well, now I love you again. You're like, Oh, the
0: gift begins with okay. Yeah.
1: Every yeah. kiss begins with K. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I'm, like, tell my kids all the time, no, every kiss does not have to begin with a diamond ring from K.
0: <laughs> so do you have any relationship advice for our listeners? Like, what makes a relationship work?
1: I don't know if I got advice. I mean, I've got some things that I've learned from others and things that I've seen that have, have worked for me in our marriage. You know, one of the great things about marriage, it doesn't always happen this way. But when you fall down or one of you falls down and you're just dating or someone does something you don't like, you immediately go, oh, this is a sign of things to come. I think I need to get out. You get married, you fall down, you don't pull the parachute immediately. You go, hey, we're in this to try and make this work. It doesn't always work out sometimes for the best. But also, number two, I'd say don't compete with each other. Yeah. We get into this tit for tat. Some people are better at other things. Some people want it's not about who does the damn dishes. It's who dislikes doing the dishes least. I don't mind it. Camilla <laughs> does not like to do it. So I'm sure I'll do it, you know, who cares? <laughs> it's not about whose job it is or what sex. It's like, what do you, I don't know. I don't mind doing that, but that really bothers you. Well shit, I'll do it. You know what I mean? Don't get the tit for tats, which we can all do and it can happen for us. And then I think finally is if you know the person really well, you're gonna want to change them a little bit. You may want them to change, no one's perfect. But boy, if you can root for them to be more of themselves, even if you're not with them. Yeah. And if it's that long distance phone call and they had a great day and you weren't even there to be a part of it, you can genuinely be happy for them because you hear the stoke in their voice. Not everyone can do that. I haven't always done it. You know, we get jealous. We get selfish. I want that to be filtered through me. I'm afraid that my partner's having such a good time or feeling so turned on by something in life and I'm not a part of it. I get insecure. Well, no, root for that. Trust that, you know, that's a, sort of part of an unconditional love, I think.
0: Will you tell us something that you really love about your wife?
1: Yeah. She's got this little chip on her tooth right here on the front tooth that leaves this beautiful gap. <laughs> <laughs> she was going to go get it fixed one time. I was like, no way. I love that little chip right there on your tube. That little shadow that's on that side, but not that side. (laughs) Love it. You're
0: like, I just want to lick
1: it. (laughs) (laughs) And I have.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Matthew, I can't thank you enough. This is such an honor and a privilege. And thank you.
1: Thanks for having me. And great to talk to you today, Anna.
0: So great talking with you. Thank you so much for doing this. Thank you. Bye, Matthew.
1: Bye-bye.